Welcome to the Pharmacy Business and Career Network podcast, brought to you by the Pharmacy Guild of Australia. Focusing on pharmacy management and ownership, the PBCN podcast supports the improvement and growth of your business performance with insights and advice from a range of industry professionals. The PBCN podcast, supporting your journey every step of the way. Hi everyone and welcome to the end of the year and the penultimate episode for 2019. We've had such amazing engagement and feedback on the show since it launched and as it continues to grow with the last two episodes for this year, that will make 37 episodes in total. We've had some fantastic guests on the show who have shared some amazing stories, experiences, insights and advice with us and I know we are all truly grateful that they've found some time in their very busy schedules to come on the show and share with us. With each show kicking off with a short snippet from a guest, an interesting part of the conversation for you to look forward to, we thought that it would be a good idea to go back through the episodes and pull out the full question and full answer for you and put them together into some more best of episodes. So that's what we've created for you to round out the year and we'll do it across two episodes full of short and sharp advice from each of our guests. Remember, that at the end of 2018, we did a best of episode covering the first 10 episodes of the podcast. As such, in this first best of episode for 2019, we'll cover off episodes 12 to 23. And in the second episode, we'll cover off the shows from 24 to 35. In episode 12, 2017 MIMS Guild Intern of the Year, Tim Stewart. An outstanding achievement and you're clearly somebody that other people look up to. What advice do you have for pharmacy students who are listening to this podcast who might be thinking about their upcoming intern pharmacist journey? I guess I really want to put the point out there that you should take up absolutely any and every opportunity that might arise to do or experience something a bit different. That's how I really found satisfaction out of my year and um, I'm really building my career on it now as well. Um, Take the year to focus on what you're really passionate about or at least take the year as a challenge to find what you might be passionate about. They might not know straight away, but um, you have a whole year to delve into different parts of pharmacy. I expect, especially from my uh, experience with the Guild Intern Program, um, there's plenty of opportunity to explore different things and really steer your year in the direction of your choosing. Um, I guess, yeah, lastly, just make sure you use your resources, your mentors, colleagues, your preceptor, um, use them wisely because they will make the year much, much easier. In episode 13, Jess Shao, a fifth-year pharmacy and pharmaceutical science student at the University of South Australia and National Australian Pharmacy Students Association president. You talk about learning about the latest uh, around pharmacy. What were the key learnings and messages that came out of the 2019 Congress? We had a jam-packed education session um, with various workshops as well. Um, So there were topics that ranged from um, different career pathways, clinical aspects, um, as well as like the changing role of pharmacy profession. Um, And at Congress this year, we had the first um, Guild-run Community Pharmacy Career Workshop stream. So that focused largely on the future of the community pharmacy, um, innovation, leadership, ownership and business planning, as well as financial literacy. Um, And I think that the key message that came out from the Congress is that the health profession, it's moving at a relatively um, fast pace and the pharmacy profession 
has been able to adapt to this with a lot of different career pathways to choose from, um, as discussed in the panel sessions on our first birthday of education, um, and how to provide the optimal care for our patients through professional services. Um, I think it highlights the importance of our profession in the primary healthcare setting because we are the medication experts um, and we can provide those professional services to our patients. In episode 14, Rod Hatch, CEO of Wisdom Learning, discussed innovation in the pharmacy sector. Innovation is often touted as being important for businesses, but there are plenty of businesses that seem to do okay without really innovating. Do you think pharmacies are in that boat or do you think pharmacies really do need to innovate? First of all, Daniel, if you want to be just okay in business, then you probably don't need to innovate. I also don't think that you'll survive uh, in the long term. Um, but for me, you know, I don't want to be just okay. I want our business to be great and not striving for perfection, but to develop a really solid, good uh, business, great business over the long term, um, you need to be innovative. So pharmacies as small businesses, I believe, are in the same boat. But we're all being impacted uh, by drivers of significant change technology drivers, um, drivers from competition, the threat of disruption, changing, changing consumer needs, enhanced consumer power and demands um, are key drivers about why we need to respond to those changes and also the benefits of innovation. We can improve service for customers. We can become more efficient and enhance profitability. We can uh, improve our workplace to attract the best and brightest and to keep the best and brightest staff. So I think. Um, that while uh, you know, businesses may, uh, the other thing I'd say is we may look at the outside of some businesses and if they're not reinventing themselves, we may perceive they're not being innovative, but all their innovation may be internal and maybe um, providing efficiencies and service improvements that from the outside we're not necessarily seeing. So I think, I think if, if not I think, I know the research will support that strong sustainable businesses will have core uh, to their operations and to their strategy. The innovation is part of that. In episode 15, Daniel Healy, partner at Leading Teams, discussed what makes a good leader and how leaders can create and influence good culture. So a pharmacy owner is looking to diversify, broaden their income base, maybe look for that 20 to 30% increase. Where are the obvious areas that you focus on first? Maybe the quick wins that they should be looking at that really does provide a return straight away and gets them some momentum and some excitement about the project? When I, when I have a look at pharmacies, what I normally find is that they aren't doing all the complementary products that they can. They aren't selling all of the probiotics with the antibiotics, all of those sorts of things. They aren't um, increasing the basket size. And that the first place to always start is look at the complementary products, look at the basket size and see what little things you can do to improve on that. The, the secondary thing that I often look at is looking at the pricing in a pharmacy. And some, if somebody's got something priced at $9.75, if you increase that pricing to $9.85, the customers aren't going to complain. And that extra 10 cents here or there on a, on a lot of products can significantly improve the profitability of the pharmacy. In episode 17, Emerald Plaza Pharmacy awarded finalist status in the 2019 Guild Pharmacy of the Year Award, owner Jessica Burry. 
Jess, as we've discussed, it's only two years or so in. Your change journey has been truly transformational in that short period of time and it has positively impacted every part of your business. For our listeners that are thinking about starting the same journey themselves or for those who are maybe they're just in the early stages of that journey, what would be a key piece of advice you'd offer them? From many years of uh kind of wandering around aimlessly, not sure what I was going to do. Um, I think making sure that you really touch home to what is important to you and create a clear vision of what you want to achieve based around those values and, and what is important for you in your life. Once you have that vision, you need to create a plan. So, you know, we don't decide to drive from Emerald to Sydney and not know how we're going to get there, where we're going to stop for fuel, what we're going to do if we maybe blow a tyre. So really important that you know where you're going, but also, you know, some of the steps and the building blocks along the way to get there. Um, I think it's really important to research um, what you're going to implement and make every decision count towards improving your business and its bottom line because without a viable business you can't be there for your patients so you need to make sure that you're creating a sense of um of of health and well-being for your your patient but you've got to be able to keep the doors open at the end of the day and that's that's really important as well In episode 18, Wilkinson's Pharmacy Bernie recognised in the category of Community Engagement Health Services in the Guild Pharmacy of the Year Award 2019. Co-owner, Jack Muir-Wilson. New services mean change. What did you believe change management was going to actually mean for you and the business when you started out? And how has that view of change management changed and, and what have you learned through that entire journey? Yeah, I think one of the biggest things I've learned is you really need to sit down and have time, not when you're on the floor, either before work, after work, or when you're not meant to be at work at all. I think you really need to make that time outside the four walls so it can be uninterrupted and it can it's not biased by what's happening around you. And I think what we've done is we've we've turned our meetings into breakfast meetings. We have an hour power meeting before work with a bit of breakfast, of course, However, in that hour, we can really map things out. And, you know, when, when we're doing our change management ones, let's say we went three years ago and we started doing flu vaccinations, we had to do a lot of uh, decision-making around that. How are we going to do this? How's that, how are our staff going to cope with this change? And I think the biggest thing that I've learned is it's all in the planning. It's all in the be willing to make a mistake with how you've planned things. Be willing to say, yep, that wasn't the best decision. I don't think that system works. Let's go back to what we're doing before because that was a much more efficient way or let's change it slightly. You know, what do you think guys and, and change it that way. So be prepared to make plans, be prepared to make mistakes and then be prepared to be big enough to say, Hey, that wasn't, that wasn't a good idea at all. We've, we've got through the other end of it, but let's do this next time or let's change it now. So I think that's one of the biggest things which I've learned is make plans. When you're making the plans, don't be on the floor. Don't try and do it whilst you've got a lull in the, the dispensing or, you know, you haven't had to take a phone call for five minutes and so now's a good time. Now, do it outside the four walls of the pharmacy or do it in a time where you will not be interrupted. Make those plans, make them with your key staff, communicate those plans, ask for, you know, bits of advice, consult your staff, be willing to make mistakes and then be 
front, on the front foot when it comes to fixing them and putting your hand up and say, hey, that wasn't a good idea. Let's jump back to doing this. So I think that's one of the things I've learned. And uh, I think the staff, when you do have change, I think they really, sometimes they can get this, oh, they get the excitement and they think, yeah, this is great. This is going to be good fun. There's also a little bit of reservation because you're taking them out of their comfort zone. So you're taking them out of, this is what I know. This is what I'm good at. I'm nailing it. You're throwing something new at me. I want to be able to nail it, but I, do I have the tools to nail it? And they start to get that doubt. I think it's you've got to recognise that that goes on in people's head. So you've got to support them through that. You've got to hold their hand and you really have to provide good education, good communication with staff meetings and just be there every single time. So they might be, you know, let's say it's the flu shots and, and when they're putting it through for the first few times each year, you might be there and you might say, how are you going with that? Are you doing it right? You don't, do you need a hand? And just sort of being there and knowing that they can ask silly questions. And uh, I think that's one of the things I've noticed is uh, they really appreciate that um, and it makes them lift to another level. In episode 19, Pharmacy Triple Seven Glenn Gary, winner of the Community Engagement, Collaboration and Partnerships category in the Guild Pharmacy of the Year Award 2019. Owner, Tina Passia. Tina, you also work closely with the GP practice next door to the pharmacy. Can you tell us about that specific relationship and the benefits of collaborating with them, seeing that they're so close? This was probably the you know, the most surprising part of our journey um, because we're attached to the medical centre. We understood that our patients were their patients and vice versa. So we tried to complement their services as much as possible. And most importantly, we keep them in the loop with what we're doing as much as possible. So they really love what we do. Um, they see us as their partners and not their competitors. Um, so we're, we're very open and transparent with them and we don't try and hide anything. Um, they have become so integrated with us that we're actually seeing them step into our pharmacy with their patients during a consult and talking to us and then choosing products off the shelf with their patients and really providing a holistic approach to their patients' needs. So it's been yeah, incredible. In episode 20, Flannery's Pharmacy and Forbes, excellence in business management and 2019 overall Guild Pharmacy of the Year. Co-owner, Sarah Hazel. Now, it's obvious that you have a wonderful team at Flannery's and during your acceptance speech at APP, you spoke about how the award was testament to their passion and commitment. What is your approach and attitude in fostering such a great team? Yes, we do have the most wonderful team at Flannery's. I think regular communication with our team is crucial to ensure they understand our vision and direction. So when setting goals or implementing change in the pharmacy, our team are then engaged to deliver as they understand the reasons why. So in regards to the team over the years, we've also worked very hard to ensure we have the right people in the right roles. And also with communicating to the team, it's also very important that that communication goes both ways in that the team are comfortable communicating with us any ideas or concerns they may have and at Flannery's our team can do this informally just by having a chat um, during their performance appraisal or in the annual 
online survey, which we call the Have Your Say survey. So this survey allows the team members to communicate to us their job satisfaction, how effective their manager communicates with them, do they feel they have access to relevant training and so on. Um, We are then able to evaluate this information and welcome the feedback as it really allows us to grow and improve um, as managers, as owners and as a team. I also think regular positive feedback is very important um, in harnessing a an engaged team. And at Flannery's, we also provide for financial rewards to the team. And we, we reward the team for reaching their KPIs for longevity. So at five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, and so on. Uh, we also in, invest in training and development for the team. And an example of this is the Life Pharmacy Group Cadetship Program. So part of our approach also in the Life Pharmacy Group has been to further develop those in our team who we consider to be rising stars. So they may be a retail member, um, retail team member with retail manager potential, or it may be a pharmacist with partnership potential. And the succession planning and ensuring many team members are trained in different roles is really also very important for team engagement. In episode 21, Terry White Kenmart Mount Gravatt, finalist in the 2019 Guild Pharmacy of the Year Awards, Zamil Solanke, co-proprietor. Speaking to you at APP, that you have a real passion for improving processes and procedures, which has led to what we would consider a unique workflow system within your pharmacy. And I know that you spent a lot of time looking at processes and procedures outside of the pharmacy industry for inspiration and guidance. What did you study and and tell us what you and the team did to develop the layout and the structure of the pharmacy? So, Daniel, when I became a partner, that was back in 2011, the Terry White Chemist, well, previously known as the Terry White Chemist, um, now a Terry White Chemmart, was what you would consider a traditional pharmacy. So the dispensary was tucked away in the corner, didn't have much presence, and forward dispensing wasn't really heard of yet in Australia. Now, having worked in the pharmacy industry for around 20 years, and yes, it has been about 20 years, I dusted shelves when I was 10, um, I've definitely seen the landscape change from being largely interactional and personalized with a patient to purely transactional. And we know there's a lot of pl- uh, there's a lot of players involved in doing that. Transactional is fine if you just want the customer in and out and you're happy for them to show really next to no loyalty. But in such a competitive and intense environment that we are currently in, we sort of took the approach and we had to really look at that and go, well, we really need to change the game to go back to focusing on the patient. The problem with that, however, that we found is that the patient themselves had become so used to that transactional environment. So we had to figure out a way to reverse their mindset and make them value that interactional and personalized service. So what I did is I spent one and a half years researching different workflows from different industries and businesses, not just in Australia, but in other countries around the world. So other industries, it's really important to note that they do amazing things and you'll always find that they own a certain niche. So they will do something amazing. For example, a courier company will excel at their dispatch methods. So even though that you think that they're just delivering a parcel in store, that way that they coordinate that in the back end is amazing. So I wanted 
I wanted to tap into what I thought they owned to bring that into our pharmacy. So I looked at a few different businesses. I looked at banks, airports, post offices, even doctors' waiting rooms where people were prepared to wait for an accepted time to have a service delivered to them by a professional. So I also looked at how the interaction transpired after waiting for a nominated time and the queuing methods used for those customers. I also looked at ways to ensure the customer was exposed to as much of their surroundings as possible rather than wearing out just one island in the store. So I wanted to make sure that they weren't just a single line uh, following within the store, within the pharmacy. I wanted them to be able to shop the entire pharmacy as well to make sure that they were capitalizing on our entire offering. I had to work out a way to change that mindset and this was the best way that I did that. So along that journey though, I wanted to make sure that the team were actually not apprehensive to that change and how to actually handle that as well. I sought to be honest and upfront with them and definitely constantly sought feedback from them. I also sought feedback from the customers as well while we're undergoing those changes. I also made sure that I communicated any negative feedback to the team, but also really made sure I wanted to highlight the positives to the team as well during that process. So that's how I brought my team along that journey and helped uh, to develop that layout and structure as well. I did a lot of surveying as well um, with customers and within the team as well to find out the best way in which they operated and wanted us to operate with them. In episode 22, Harding's 24-hour pharmacy 2019 Guild Pharmacy of the Year category winner in excellence in professional innovation, pharmacist and co-manager Chetna Patel. As well as the opening hours, Harding's has also enhanced the traditional Ford pharmacy model. What does Ford pharmacy look like at Harding's and what have you done to make that possible? We've been doing Ford pharmacy for a number of years here. Um, uh, it's something that we really believe uh, helps to establish a great rapport with our customers, uh, gives our pharmacists time to actually provide that clinical knowledge on an individual basis. Um, we want to see pharmacists out in the shop being able to provide that interaction that um, often more traditional pharmacy models lack. So our pharmacy, uh, the actual dispensary itself, is located in the middle of the store. Uh, we've gone back and designed on our blueprints multiple times the unique dispensing pods um, which allow uh, a close and intimate uh, consultation or conversational area um, with our patients. Um, centrally located so that if we need to collaborate with other pharmacists in the store we're able to do that. Um, if we need to be able to talk about our professional services and recommend these services they're in walking distance um, and also it's located um, next to the more traditional sort of over-the-counter uh, uh, items available there. So it's about increasing the access to really good, high-quality healthcare um, and making sure that each and every interaction um, is able to be uh, able to sort of improve patient health outcomes. In episode 23, Andrew Robinson, a community pharmacy owner and pharmacist digital health leader at the Australian Digital Health Agency, discussed the My Health Record system in the community pharmacy context. Oh, I think that first example, that really resonated with me because pharmacists are always in the top three or four trusted professions in Australia. And by you using the My Health record with that patient who 
wasn't a normal patient of yours, they then had their confidence in you and the profession grow even further. And, and when they go and see the next pharmacist who isn't their, their normal pharmacy, then they will be able to lead that conversation and take ownership of their situation even more by being able to say to the pharmacist, well, you can look up my, my health record, won't they? Absolutely. And that's what it's about. It's not going to replace a doctor's record and a full complete history, but it gives a beautiful picture, a snapshot of the the health journey of the medication they've had, when they've had it, what they've had, potentialities. It's it's a really useful tool. And I think people have been um, confused about what its purpose is. It's not meant to be a replacement medical record. It's meant to be something that travels with the patient. It is their record. It's a my health record, not a pharmacist's record or a doctor's record. It's the patient's record. And and you're absolutely right. That's um, the, the benefit is for the patient to give them uh, some level of comfort that there is some visibility about them when they're talking to other health professionals and they're not just a uh, a new patient with, you know, no knowledge, the doctor, the pharmacist, the other health professional has no knowledge about them at all. This will really help bridge those knowledge gaps. That's a wrap for episode 36 and volume two of the best bits of the PBCN podcast. I've been your host, Daniel Oyston, and it's been fantastic having you join me to revisit some of the amazing stories, experiences, insights, and advice from our guests. And once again, thank you to everyone who came on the show for these episodes. I know we are all truly grateful that you found some time in your busy schedules to come on the show. The Guild is dedicated to supporting members and the Community Pharmacy Network with tools, resources and information to assist businesses and career growth and improvement. For more information, contact your local Guild branch or visit the Guild website at guild.org.au. And I look forward to you joining us for the last show of 2019, where we'll look at the best bits from episodes 24 to 35. The PBCN Podcast, supporting your journey every step of the way. For more resources, to access support or advice, or to view this episode's show notes, visit guild.org.au.